Bibles with you today. If not, Brother Lauren's going to have it on the screen. I want to ask you if you will to stand with me all over the room today. I'm going to read just one verse of Scripture and share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart to speak to you today. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, reading from the English Standard Version. The Word said, Then He said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I believe that's the word of the Lord to his church today. No matter what you may be facing, no matter what you may be going through, no matter how difficult it may seem, it is not by might, nor by power, but it's only by God's Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Pray with me and for me today. Father, we thank you for the power that's in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your sweet presence, Lord, that we feel in your house today. I'm reminded of the word where it said that sometimes we look for you in in the strong winds, and we look for you in the strong rains, and we look for you in the thunder, but, but God, sometimes you're there in that still, small voice. And I believe that there are those that are in this building and that are watching online today that you're speaking to them by your Spirit through that still, small voice today. So God, I pray before we leave this place, before we turn off our devices or, or our televisions and, and go on about our day, I pray, God, that you would speak this to every heart and every life, that it is only by your Spirit, says the Lord. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Nicholas. Everything that we do in the church is void without the Spirit of God. Without the Lord's Spirit... All of our efforts, all of our work, all of our preparation, everything that we do is in vain without God's Spirit. And in today's church, there's a lot of emphasis that is placed on discipleship, and needfully so. We place a lot of emphasis on discipleship in this church. But did you know that we cannot even go make disciples, as the Word says, without the Spirit doing the work in the lives of men, women, boys, and girls. A church that is dependent and reliant upon His Spirit will be a growing church. Hello, somebody. Where God is moving, where God is allowed to move. There's a lot of places where God's not allowed to move today. Where souls are being saved, where lives are are being changed, and where miracles are taking place, where the Spirit of the Lord is. That is a picture of the early church in the book of Acts. After, say after. After they had tarried in the upper room and were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word said. And can I tell you this morning that the church of today will only experience true kingdom growth that is accompanied by miracles, signs, and wonders 
when we recognize and we realize it is not by our might. It is not by our power. But it is only by God's Spirit, says the Lord. Now, I want to, if you'll allow me to, uh, yes, this, um, this sermon probably kind of piggybacks off of last weekend and what the Lord did. I want to recap just very briefly a couple things about Ezekiel's vision of the Valley of Dry Bones that we talked about last week. First of all, Ezekiel said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Can I tell you today that it means something to have the hand of the Lord upon you? It means something to have the hand of the Lord upon you. What does that mean? That means that we are talked by. We are led by. We are guided by. We are protected. As we've been praying from the beginning of the year, the prayer of Jabez, let your hand be upon me. We are empowered by that hand. And it's a wonderful thing when you know that the hand of God is upon your life. Can anybody testify to that today? It's a wonderful thing. And also another thing that Ezekiel said in that vision, he said that he was carried out in the Spirit. That's a direct quote from what he said. Can I tell you something this morning? If we are going to see the glory of God revealed, we must get out of the flesh realm. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And get into the spirit realm. Now, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later on about how we do that. But we've got to get out of the flesh realm and into the spirit realm. And you see, this is the reason why many people don't see more glory and more power. This is the reason why many experience so little of the demonstration and the manifestations of the power of God. And it is because God does His work by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the only way to participate with Him in that work is to get into the Spirit. Can I hear an amen, somebody? It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, first of all, the Spirit is not just a feeling of God touching you. There is a feeling accompanied with God touching you, but the Spirit is not just the feeling of God touching you. The Spirit is speaking of the realm, the dimension, and the environment of God. In Revelation chapter 1, uh, uh, John the Revelator said, and I didn't give them this scripture, but he said as he began to write, I was in the Spirit. Say in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And when John got in the Spirit, if you read uh, that chapter 1 of Revelation, as he got in the Spirit, as he got in the God dimension, that's when he began to see the glory of God. He saw the Lord, the Bible said, with feet like brass and eyes uh, like fire. He saw uh, the throne and he saw, the Bible said, and he heard the angels and the four and twenty elders. And uh, he saw the altar of God when he got in that vision. And to see what John saw, we have to be where John was when he saw it. Hello. 
When God spoke to Peter, uh, when he was slain in the spirit, the Bible says it was as if a sheet dropped before him and, and the Lord began to, to just put things on that sheet just like a board, uh, just like a screen for him to watch what the Lord was speaking to him. In order to see what Peter saw, we have to get to where Peter was. Can I hear an amen? Ezekiel was in the spirit. Now listen, this was not the first time that the Bible documented Ezekiel being in the spirit. In Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 3, Ezekiel said the word of the Lord came expressly to me and the hand of the Lord was there upon me. That's what Ezekiel said. And at that time, this is when Ezekiel, he also had another vision. This was one of the first recorded visions when he saw the whirlwind of fire and he saw the living creatures. And the Bible said he saw the throne of God and he saw the appearance of a man who was on fire. Sounds a lot like what John the Revelator saw. You know why? Because Ezekiel was in the spirit. That was over. Testament. John was in the Spirit. That was New Testament. You know what that tells me? When you get in the Spirit, you'll see God like He was for Abraham. You'll see God like He was for Elijah. You'll see God like He was for John the Baptist. You'll see God like He was for Paul. But you've got to get in the Spirit. You've got to get in the God environment. You've got to get in the dimension and the realm where the power and the glory of God God is and when you get into that realm you'll no longer be seeing by natural eyes or looking at natural circumstances you'll see the limitless powerful all knowing power of God begin to work in your life he saw the throne of God he saw the appearance of a man that was on fire from his loins upward and his loins downward And as the appearance, the Bible said, of brightness as the color of amber. Now I know it's going to maybe sound a little bizarre to some of you. But that's where we belong. That is our environment. I'm not talking about dying and going to heaven either. I'm talking about living in the realms of the glory of God. Now I want to promise you something. You will not, you might get in the spirit, but you won't always be in the spirit. But I want you to notice what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. He says, But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5 and 25. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step. With the Spirit. I like the way that it says it in that translation. Listen, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that we should walk around seeing angels everywhere, hearing voices and trumpets and things like that. And that if you're not experiencing that kind of stuff, then you're not spiritual. No, trust me, I'm not saying that at all. There's enough crazy stuff in the world. As Pentecostals, we don't need to add to the crazy. Can I hear an amen, somebody? There's enough crazy stuff going on in the world. I'm not saying that at all. But here's what I am saying. I'm saying that to experience the operation of the Spirit, we must first of all be full of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. 
In other words, the realm of the glory of God's presence must become more important to us than this flesh realm. Did you hear me? The, the realm of the glory of God's presence has got to become more important to us than this flesh realm. Healing, can anybody use healing today? Deliverance, anybody need deliverance? Miracles, signs and wonders, all of those things emanate from the spirit realm. The realm of God's glory. Or maybe I could simplify it by saying this. Let's talk about this a little bit. The kingdom realm. Did you know that all supernatural activity of the true spirit of God belongs to the kingdom of God? Nobody has a monopoly on the Spirit of God. Nobody has a monopoly on the gifts of healing. Can I get an amen on that one this morning? Oh, a lot of people want to run and flock to somebody that claims they have the gift of healing. Well, maybe they do, but I want to tell you something. Maybe you can have the gift of healing too if you'd focus more on getting in the spirit realm than you would be on following a man in the natural realm. Hello, somebody. We need as the church, I'm talking about the church, to pursue. Pursue, passionately pursue the presence of God. I'm not talking about wishy-washy stuff, but I'm talking about the presence of God where miracles take place. I'm talking about the presence of God where people are baptized in the Holy Spirit without somebody even laying hands on them. Nowadays, we got to lay hands on them. People want to try to shake it into them, beat it into them, push it into them. No, I'm talking about really getting in the presence of of God just like it was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the 120 had gathered together and they were waiting upon the Lord the Bible said and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing and a mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues as a fire set upon each of them it didn't say that one disciple laid hands on another it said cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them it didn't say one got the baptism two got the baptism five got the baptism or ten got the baptism it said cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance kingdom of God power see Jesus Revealed to us that power over the devil or power to destroy the works of the devil or power to cast out devils was the direct result of the kingdom of God being present. Matthew chapter 12 verse 28. He says, but it is, but if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. See, I talked about this a little bit last week, and I felt the need to elaborate. The kingdom is principled. The word is principled. But the spirit of God is power. Say power. We may have the principle. We may talk about the kingdom, sing about the kingdom, preach about the kingdom, or teach about the kingdom. But principle alone is not enough. Principle won't heal the sick. Principle won't deliver the bound and the oppressed. Principle won't set the captives free. Principle is important. Principle is foundational. 
It's the foundation on which we stand. It stabilizes us. It holds us in the right place. Principle is truth. But just the knowledge of the truth is not enough. I had this conversation with one of my children this week. There's a difference between being saved and being a believer. A lot of people believe in God, but they're not saved. Principle is truth, but just the knowledge of the truth is not enough. You can know the truth about healing, but still live your whole life sick. You can know all the truth about deliverance, but still spend your entire life struggling with the same addictions or struggling with the same demons. You can know all the truth about salvation, but you can still die and go to hell if you don't put the principle to practice in your life. But the kingdom of God is both principle and power. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. A lot of people talk the talk. But it's an entirely different thing to walk the walk. Hello, somebody. First Thessalonians, oh, I know that's not popular today. Everybody wants to go to church and be made feel comfortable. And now we find ourselves, I don't even know why I'm going to talk about this, but we find ourselves in Pentecost nowadays. And I want to tell you something. I wasn't raised Pentecostal. I was raised Baptist. But my mother still thought everything would send me to hell. She told me not to go to the movies. She didn't care if my Pentecostal friends went to the movies. Don't go to that movie house. Anybody ever call it the movie house? That's what my mama called it. Don't do this. Don't do that. She still thought everything would send me to hell. But I remember uh, when I became a Pentecostal with a lot of my Pentecostal friends, they used to teach us that uh, the pulpit was a holy place. And you didn't get on the pulpit with open sin in your life. They used to teach us that in order to hold a position in the church, you ought to be doing your best, striving was the word we used, to, to live holy. To be holy, to sing on the praise team, or to play an instrument, you ought to strive to be holy. You ought to try your best to live a clean life and to have the power and the anointing of God in your life. They used to tell us that there were some things that were wrong. My Lord, have mercy. They used to tell us what sin was. They used to call black, black, and white, white, and there were no gray areas in between. And if you want to know, yeah, sometimes they were extreme. Sometimes they were wrong. Sometimes there were things that they told you you couldn't do that probably really wasn't sin. It was just the tradition of men. But I want to tell you something that I've noticed. They had some power when it came time to need power with God. You want to know why the church today doesn't have much power? I'll just tell you why it don't. God help us. We've got people teaching Sunday school, not in this church, but teaching nothing and not know about anyway, to teach in Sunday school and living in sin out of wedlock with somebody. We got people 
going and playing it up in the honky tonks on Saturday night and then getting in the pulpit and playing it up in the house of God on Sunday mornings. We got people that talk like the devil on their job all week long. Then they take a microphone and lift their hands on the praise team. I want to tell you something. I'm way past just principle and just knowledge and just being a believer. But I want power with God. Power that will shake the gates of hell and snatch out the lost from the flames. We need power. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. Paul said, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among for your sake, among you for your sake. Let's look at Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. He said, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. See, Jude knew by the Spirit that the time would come when the body of Christ would slip into a state of complacency like I've been talking about. Where it would begin to settle into a powerless faith. A faith without substance. A faith that consisted only of words and ideas and philosophies. That is a head faith. And a head faith is a dead faith. It is a faith that nods its head that the Bible is true. But it never presses in to experience it personally. It is a faith that just acknowledges I believe the story, but it never presses in to experience the story. You know, I like the story of the lame man who was laying by at the uh, by the gate when uh, Peter and John were headed to the temple at the hour of prayer. I like the story about how he was begging alms from them. But Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give it unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I like the story, but I want to experience more than know the story. I want to experience the story. I want to be able to say this that I have. What can we have? We can have power with God. We can have power by His Spirit. But I want to tell you something today. If we want that power, we're going to have to press in to His presence. We're going to have to press in to that dimension. We're going to have to press in to that environment where God is dwelling. Because God's not dwelling in an environment that's balanced out with holiness and sin. God wants to dwell in an environment with people that have pure hearts and clean hands that say, Oh, come, breath of God. Oh, come, power of God. And breathe on us again. A dead faith. See, everything the Bible says is ours. It's ours by the right of inheritance. But even though you may hold the title or the deed to a piece of property, you'll never benefit from it. Until you press in and take your claim and take possession of it. 
You'll never benefit from the fact that you have a deed, a piece of paper, unless you take possession of that property. Can I tell you it's the same way in how that God has wield his power to the church. It's our inheritance. It's our heritage. The power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. Signs, wonders, miracles, healing, deliverance, visions, dreams, supernatural visitations and manifestations and demonstrations and activities of the power of God in us and through us. That's our heritage. That's our inheritance. But the majority of the church world today is satisfied with just the principle. Satisfied to know it's true. Just happy to know it's there and that it belongs to us by inheritance. But Jude was warning us not to accept that powerless message and not to be deceived and to contend for the original faith that the early church had, which is a vital, living faith that produced the miraculous signs and wonders, healings and deliverance. I don't know, is there anybody else besides me that would like to see miracles, signs, wonders, healings and deliverance? See, back several years ago, we had what was called, not, not us, but there was, I guess I should say, what was called the Word of Faith movement. I don't know how many of y'all remember that, probably my age and older. There were some good things about the Word of Faith movement. The problem with the Word of Faith movement is that eventually it became only a movement about the Word of Faith. See, faith that doesn't produce or bring manifestation is just dead faith. Head faith, like I talked about a moment ago. Dead faith. And many fell, many people fell into that word trap. Believing that because they knew it, they had it. Or better yet, maybe because they could quote it, then they could have it. But the problem with that is, you lie to yourself. And it makes a very comfortable cushion. And you begin to believe that you have it just because you say you have it. But the truth is, if it's not manifested or it's not demonstrated, then we don't really have it. We just have a profession. But there's a big difference between having a profession and having a possession. A big difference. What are you saying, Pastor? Jesus said, when he cast out devils, that it was word and power. Paul said, the kingdom is not word only, yet it is in word, it, it, is in, it is in principle, it is in knowledge, it is in truth, but that principle must produce power or it's dead. In other words, if I have kingdom principle, but I don't have the kingdom power, then all I have is words. Because wherever, listen to me this morning, Wherever the kingdom of God is truly present, there is a manifestation of God's power. Let
Let me say that again. Wherever the, the kingdom of God is truly present, there is a manifestation of God's power. It produces what it speaks of. Romans 4 and 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Wherever the kingdom of God is present, there will be righteousness. Boy, that's not popular today, is it? Wherever, let me say it again, the kingdom of God is present, there will be righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The faith that glorifies God and edifies the church is that faith in God, the principle that walks hand in hand with the power of God, the Holy Ghost. What did Ezekiel say in his vision? He said, the Spirit carried me out and it set me down in the midst of a valley full of dry bones. And it was there where he heard the word of the Lord. He heard the the principle, but then he also so experienced the power. Listen, now from this we can see how God feels about the kingdom. He believes that His kingdom in you is greater than all the sickness, all the disease, all the bondage, and all the oppression that is around you. Luke said, behold, the kingdom of God is in you. That's what Luke said. 1 John 4 and 4. He said, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when Ezekiel prophesied, he was speaking principle, word, truth. And good things happened. The bones came together. Things got shook up, there was a little bit of noise, tendons and flesh came upon the bones and the skin covered them. But what did the, what did the scripture say last week? But there was no breath in them. It's when God spawned in me a, a whole message about the breath and the spirit of God. See, there was principle, truth, and knowledge, and it did some good things. It brought them together. It shook them loose from some stuff. It made them look good. But there was no breath in them. They were still dead. I'm right here. Where are you? Let me say it like this. Principled, but dead. Knowledgeable, but dead. Biblical, maybe but dead. Let me remind you what I said last week. Don't forget, the devil is not afraid of dead bones. And when your attack comes, or your storm comes, it's fairly safe to say, everybody in this room or watching by live stream today has either just come through a storm, you're in a storm right now, or your turn's coming. Everybody. And when your storm comes, the devil, remember, the devil is not afraid of your dead bones. And if all you have is the principle, you're dead. But where the kingdom of God is present, there 
manifestation. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. On one of those days as he, he was Jesus, was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Watch this. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. That's the kingdom. Principle, he was teaching, and power. The power of the Lord was present to heal. See, there was principle in the valley of dry bones. And the principle had done some good things, but there was no life. I want to say this as delicately as I can. And I'm not trying to slight any churches. I'm just preaching the uncompromising word of God. There are many principled churches that have great gatherings. They may even have good numbers. Great discipleship programs. They may do outreach events. And they may do community service. And every one of those things are good. But I'm sad to say if you gave me a sheet of paper and asked me to write down a list of churches that had the power, that list would look a lot different. What are you saying? I'm saying church. The only people we're responsible for is us. and We need both. I said we need both. We need the community service. We need the outreach. We need the ministries, the discipleship. We need all the things that bring the community together. But we also need the power of God. Just like Ezekiel's vision. If the dead dry bones all around us don't experience the power, then we've only given them half the message. I want to read Ezekiel chapter 37 and 9. He said, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain. Why? That they may live. That's where we're at. I said, that's where we're living. We should be saying, come, Holy Spirit. Come, power of God. Come, Lord, in demonstration, in manifestation, and in your power. Come, oh God, because we need you to heal the sick. Come, oh God, because we need you to deliver the bound and the oppressed. Come, oh Spirit of God, because we need you to set the captive free. Come, Holy Ghost, because we need you to break every yoke, to destroy every bondage, every addiction, every habit. Cause the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open deaf ears. Come, oh Spirit of God, do miracles and signs and wonders among us. Fill the hungry. Baptize us with your power. Come, oh God. Send the fire of God that brings your power into this place that we are living. Come, oh Spirit of God. And what did Ezekiel do? I didn't give them this verse, but it said, So he prophesied as he commanded me. We talked about that last week. And the breath came into them. 
And they lived. And they stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. That is what we must have in the body of Christ. I believe that there's a mighty wind that God wants to send to the church. I believe that. I believe there's a mighty wind that God wants to send to this church. And I know many people have been satisfied to just have the principles, to just have the knowledge, and to just have the truth. But I believe that they're not going to be satisfied anymore. I said, I believe they're not going to be satisfied anymore. As I told you last week, it's a new season around here. I believe that. It's a new season around here. Has anybody noticed the times that we live in are quite strange? Quite different. And it ain't going to make a difference what the elephant or the donkey does. Come on, somebody. It ain't going to make a difference. We don't need the elephant any more than we need the donkey. And Lord sure knows we don't need some of those donkeys. I'm sorry. But what we need is the lamb. What we need is the dove. <laughs> What we need is the dove, the visitation of the presence and the power of God. When John was baptizing Jesus, it said, And the Spirit ascended on him, descended on him like a dove. Oh, God, what we need, just like the cloven tongues of fire fell on each of them, just like the Spirit descended upon Jesus. Oh, God, give us the dove. Give us the presence and the power, the visitation of the almighty presence of God. Oh, God, give us the manifestation in the church. Give us your presence. Give us your power, and give us your fire. Because where the fire is, things are burned out. Where the fire is, wood, hay, and stubble ain't going to make it in the fire. Churches that won't preach the truth, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be critical, but I just feel like sometimes if you if you ever had to deal with some of the things I deal with sometimes you would understand because people are so critical and uh they, I'm not talking about in the church. I'm really talking about more so outside the church. Boy, I mean, I get this stuff all the time. These private messages. Oh, you're brave, aren't you? You're going to say stuff like that. I mean, if you just really understood, I want to tell you something. And sometimes I feel like, I, I even told my wife and my family the other day, I said, maybe maybe I just need to be a little more quiet on certain issues. Maybe I just need to do this, or maybe I just need to do that. No, I don't need to do that. The only thing that God has called me to do is to preach the uncommon compromising, unadulterated Word of God. And it doesn't matter how it hits you. If it hits you, let it hit you. Because the only thing you hear this preacher this morning, there will come a day and there will come a time when you will say thank God for the people that preach me the truth. Thank God for the people that would not compromise.
realize to keep me happy. Multitudes in the valley of decision. And we want to make everybody happy. We want to fill the pews. Pad the pocketbook. I'll serve notice on the devil this morning. I've said a lot of things that maybe people think I shouldn't say and preach on some topics maybe people think I shouldn't preach on. But right in the middle of a pandemic, we broke a tithing record and it wasn't because of what I gave. It's because of what God gave you that you gave. You know why? Because God is a good God and when we pursue peace and when we trust Him and when we stand on the Word, God will do every work. He will meet every need and God will do what we cannot do. Somebody say amen. It's a new season around here. If they'll come to the music this morning. God is sending people in. And I believe that they're going to cry out for the power of God, the breath of God, the wind of God, the anointing of God, and the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe it's getting ready to hit uh, this church. And God is going to give us another Book of Acts revival before this thing is over. I believe that. Has anybody ever gotten tired of just going to church? Have you? Is anybody ready to have your life interrupted? Because that's what revival does. Anybody ready to receive power? Power over the enemy. Power to be his witnesses. Power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Power to lay hands on the possessed and cast out devils. Power to speak to the mountain and watch it move. Would anybody like to have that kind of power? Is anybody hungry for more than just another church service? Come on. I said, is anybody hungry for more than just another church service? Is there anybody in the building today or watching live stream who's ready to say, raise me up. Fill me up. Let me walk in power like I've never known before. When you raise me up, send me out. Stir me up. And let me stir up hell and make the devil a nervous wreck before I leave this world. Because we're never going to reach this world with a powerless gospel. We must have both the Word and the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand with me all over the room this morning. I don't blame people. I don't blame people for not wanting to go to a dead church. I don't either. I don't blame people, listen to me, for not believing our message. If there is no evidence or there is no power to back it up. We say we're Pentecostal, but do we have the power of Pentecost? John 1 and 14, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word, verse 14, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen His glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father, full of truth and grace. The Word was the principle, listen to me. But Jesus personified the principle. The Word was the principle. But Jesus personified the principle. The Word became flesh. John 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Listen, when Jesus ascended, he sent the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit down. While Jesus was on the earth, the Word was personified by Jesus. But when Jesus left the earth, the Word became personified by the Holy Ghost. We must have 
the Spirit of God because He personifies the Word of God. The power of God is the Spirit when directly linked to the Word of God. What are you talking about, Pastor? Let me say it like this. If I'm sick, don't throw a medical book at me. Yes, it contains all the principles. contains everything I need to get well. But I want you to call the doctor because the doctor personifies that medical book. Did you hear me? He knows exactly what he needs to do to make me well. If I'm in trouble with the law, and Lord, I hope I never get in trouble with the law, but don't just throw a law book at me. You call a lawyer because the law book contains all the principles that I need to know about the law, but that lawyer personifies that law book. Did you hear me? He knows every loophole that's available to me, and he knows how to interrogate my accusers. So why would I want to walk this Christian walk in principle only? Why would I want to come to church and just quote a few scriptures and sing a few songs and go out no differently than we came in? Why would we want to fill a house with a bunch of un rejuvenate souls that are lost and on their way to hell why would we want to do that because we need the power of the Holy Ghost that will turn this world upside down Acts 1 and 8 but you will receive what when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You will receive power. Principle and knowledge can just sit on a shelf and gather dust. But power is action. Power changes things. Power heals, delivers. Power makes us dangerous to hell. Did you know that? Power makes you dangerous to hell. Mark 16 and 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. That's why we sung this morning, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Luke 10 and 19. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you are you saying pastor that we need to pick up snakes and we need to tread on serpents and scorpions no but what I'm saying is what all those things represent is every attack that you can imagine that the devils of hell have launched against you and the word of God tells you once the spirit of God comes upon you you'll receive power that it does not matter what the attack is it does not matter how he comes at you you'll receive power to overcome every single attack everything you may face but we must have the power if you'll bow your heads with me all over this room today the question is not is the Holy Ghost the power the question is do we have the power or is all we have is a profession or a principle or the knowledge of the power. The question is not if you're sitting here or watching live stream today, am I a believer? Because your salvation is not guaranteed just because you believe. The Bible said the devil also believes and trembles. Your salvation is guaranteed when he becomes your savior. Maybe you just got the principle, you just got the knowledge, but you've not received the gospel 
Because the Word said the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Maybe you're sitting here today. You say, I'd like to have more. Or watching online, I'd like to have more of the Spirit. More of the power. I'd like to have more of the anointing. I believe once again the church is going to become the driving force in this earth as we know it until the, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the church, the church, is going to raise up and be the driving force in this church. And we're going to see a revival of supernatural power of God in this church and in this Tri-County area. The power is here and the power is available to you. But first of all, you've got to recognize and realize it's by His Spirit. So whatever your need may be today, maybe you need to receive salvation. Maybe you need to receive power by the Spirit. Maybe you need to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been praying for that. If you want to come to this altar, put your mask on and come to this altar. But if you want to pray where you are, lift your hands at your seat. They're going to sing in just a moment. And I want you to lift your hands and sing and ask the Lord to come and blow on through. To come and blow.